everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today we're going to talk about things that make my cult sensors go off after spending a decade in a Christian cult. So Spider-Man has Spidey sense, and I guess you would say that I have cultic sense or just this sense of being able to say like, hey, this is seeming a little off. And so I want to just talk to you guys today about some things that really make me suspicious and skeptical, and then also just kind of hone in a little bit on a specific group that's making me feel a little suspicious and skeptical. So let's just talk about things that make me go, hmm. I'm reading a book right now called Counterfeit Kingdom. And as I'm reading through this book and they're exposing some things about a certain organization, I am looking at that and going, huh, this seems very familiar. There are so many familiarities between what's going on in my book and the things I've experienced or have looking back on seen in my own cultic organization with Bill Gothard and its Institute and Basic Life Principles. This is not a new thing, guys. Like the world operates in cycles and there are certain ways that you can convince people that the things you're telling them are true, are true, even if they are complete and utter lies. And so if you look at cults across the world, across history, you're going to see similar things within each of them because this is just what works, what convinces people to stay, what brings them in in the first place. Like it's just, it's a thing. You can look at it, you can research it. It's a thing. But I want to talk specifically today about things that make me kind of go, yeah, I don't know about that. Like my cult senses just start to go off. When there is a power structure that puts a few people in charge and limits and lowers everybody else, I'm going to immediately be suspicious. If you have an authority figure or figures who quote unquote hear from God and then can't be questioned or pushed back against, and you're told things like don't touch God's anointed, that is going to make me super skeptical because how is just this one person hearing from God and now you can't push back and question that? That is something that was happening all the time within Bill Gothard's organization. Bill Gothard went away every year for about 40 days fasting and praying supposedly and came back with new and hidden insights from God, which is exactly where I'm going next. If your leaders or the leadership in an organization is claiming to have hidden secrets and new revelations from God, be very skeptical. Guys, the audacity that somebody can suddenly come up with these new revelations after 2,000 years of church history where we have accepted the revelations that Jesus gave us, where we have accepted the inspired Bible, and then there's somebody that's saying, no, no, I got better and new revelations. Like, this is cult material. If you look and see who has done that in the past 2,000 years, it's always people who start some kind of a cult faction. So that's a skeptical thing. When people focus on specific outward behaviors, it makes me a little bit sketchy whether it's certain standards you have to follow and things that you have to be doing, or whether it's things like you need to be performing miracles and speaking in tongues and all these outward signs 
to prove that you are doing the things you're supposed to be doing, believing the things you're supposed to be believing, etc., etc. When authority figures use fear to motivate you and control you, believe me, this works. That is a huge sign to me of like, this is not a safe situation. This is not the truth. If you are being motivated by fear, that is not how the real Jesus and the real God motivate us. They do not motivate us by fear and making us feel afraid of things that we will get to do something. That's manipulation. That's abuse. When people seek to create an us versus them conflict of some kind, guys, this is intended to keep people isolated. And this is a tactic that abusers use. When it's us versus them, when we're the ones that are right and we have the right answers and we're the ones that are actually following truth and the rest of the world is wrong and we, we can't really hang out with them and we can't really talk to them because they don't understand, any kind of thing that becomes this us versus them in any way is dangerous. And like I said, it's an isolating tactic used by abusers. This is a problem. Guys, I'm really sketchy about anything where there's an overemphasis on spiritual beings of any kind. (laughs) Growing up, it was an overemphasis on the demonic. Everything was scary. Everything was dangerous. Demons could be lurking anywhere. We had to be watchful. We had to be using spiritual warfare, all that kind of stuff. But if there's an overemphasis on angelic beings as well, angels or whatever, like this is not really great. Because our relationship with God is based on Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit living in us, and we don't need to have relationships with angelic beings. And we don't really have the capacity to decide if those angelic beings are good or evil. Guys, there is truly a spiritual realm that's out there that we can't see, that we're not really a part of. But when we start to get very interested in that and wanting to be a part of that and control that, I have just seen so many negative things that have opened up and just ways that the enemy has been able to get a foothold and just really false, wacky, distorted things that come out of that. Angels in the Bible tend to be messengers from God. They are messengers from God. They are doing something that God has instructed them to do. They deliver the message and they go back to God. It's not this thing where we get to control them or where they have all this special power and control. It's just not in scripture. It's in tradition, it's in people's writings, but it's not in scripture. And so I would really just be super hesitant about any kind of extra special attention given to angelic beings, whether it's angels or demons. When scripture is used, but it's twisted, it's pulled out of context, it's ignored, I get suspicious. When you suddenly can tell me something that... The Bible hasn't really told anybody else for thousands of years, but you're like, oh no, that's what this verse really and truly means. Or we're just going to pull this piece out here and that piece there. Guys, I've said it before, but the Bible can be used to say just about anything if you pull the verses out of context in the right way. And so you can prove just about anything from scripture, quote unquote, without actually reading the context, understanding what the author really intended, understanding what the audience would have heard, understanding the genre of the book. Like there's so many ways that we have to read scripture and just pulling and twisting things is not an accurate way of doing it. And finally, I'm really, really concerned when a single person decides to translate the Bible into a new translation using obscure ancient texts that they claim to have, and especially if an angel is helping them to interpret this. 
Now, if you're familiar with the Mormons or the Latter-day Saints, you will know that the story of Joseph Smith is very similar to this. He claims to have found these ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics, and he translated them into the Book of Mormon with the help of an angel named Moroni or Moroni. And that's how cults start. But guys, what I want to talk about today is this new apostolic reformation, which if you start Googling that, you'll go down a big, long rabbit trail and discover that many, many, many churches, many organizations, many pastors, many music leaders are connected to this. But they have a passion translation right now that was translated by a single man. And this single man, who is not a scholar, who is not somebody who has background in ancient languages, who has not necessarily had a degree from any accredited university, translated the Passion Translation, I use that word very loosely, from supposed ancient Aramaic texts that he finally admitted they were not ancient. They were about 300 years after the Greek versions of the New Testament that we have have been translated. And he used the help of an angel named Passion to translate this translation. If I hear something like that, I'm going to be so incredibly skeptical. And I'm going to say, absolutely not. Are you kidding me? No. And I'm going to run away based on the experiences that I've had. Now, I realize that people are not always positive about this kind of negativity, And when I sit here and I say things like, this is not safe, this is not right, this is wrong, these are lies, people get offended because they say, well, I've had such great experiences in this kind of situation. I've had great experiences through churches that are connected to the NAR or to Bethel or to Bill Johnson or to whatever else. Like, this has been a great part of my life. Guys, people make the exact same claims and the same pushback against things like Bill Gothard. I have people that I know who are still unwilling to admit that he was wrong, even though he has been accused of harassing hundreds of young women over the years. And many of his teachings, if not all of his teachings, have been proven to be false and twisted. People are still holding on to his stuff and to him because they say, I was so benefited by his seminar. Like my life was changed by his seminar, by what he said. That's fine. But the truth is, guys, God can use a shard of truth anywhere. He can use anything. If there is a tiny sliver of truth in something, he can and will use it. But that does not mean that the entire thing that you experienced was truth. Just because you can point to one tiny thing that may have actually been biblical and scriptural and he was able to use that in your life, it does not mean that the rest of it is accurate. And guys, it is so dangerous to be caught up in something that is twisted. The best lies usually don't look like lies. And Satan himself comes as an angel of light. And so rarely is anything that is false, obviously wrong or evil, guys. It's usually very much like what happened with the serpent and Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Like it's partly true. It's almost true. It sounds true, but it is still a lie. And so in my Substack this morning, I referenced a book called Counterfeit Kingdom. And it is an excellent book. For anybody who is curious about the New Apostolic Reformation or who is curious about Bethel Church or any of the different things that you have learned or heard, if you feel like your church might be getting sucked into this kind of thing, or if you've never heard of it before at all, this is a great book. 
because it just exposes truth about these lies that are out there and that are getting swept up into mainstream Christianity. I think that's one of my biggest concerns right now is that I see a lot of fringy stuff getting swept into mainstream Christianity, whether it's fringy stuff from my cult days, fringy stuff like this whole NAR stuff. Like it's just fringy stuff that is getting swept into the mainstream church. And I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that people are not well read in the Bible. They don't really know what the Bible says or who God is. They don't have a foundation for what is truth. And so they are quickly swept up into things that sound true, that feel true, that appear to be true. But guys, like I said, Satan comes as an angel of light. He loves to twist and manipulate and make us to the place where we're not free. We're not living in truth and we don't actually know the real God. That is the biggest thing he wants to do is to keep us from a relationship with the real God. And so I just want to leave you with some questions to ask. Like, where am I? Like, what is the things that I'm believing or hearing? Like, am I in a place of truth or not? Here's some questions for you to ask yourself. I can't tell you that, but here's some questions for you to ask. Am I free to question and to push back? If you're in a situation where you are not free to ask questions, where you are not free to push back against things that you're like, I don't know if that's really true or not, that might be a sign. That could be a little red flag. Do you feel pressure to perform a certain way? Are you being pressured to behave in a certain way, to perform, to have certain things that happen within you or because of you or whatever, all that kind of stuff? Is there pressure to perform? Are you being told things that make you feel afraid? Are you being taught things that lead to fear? Are people in your life using fear to control you? Really stop and ask those questions. Are your leaders or the leaders of your leaders claiming to get secret words from God? Are they claiming to get hidden revelations from him that only they are able to know and to share and to tell? Huge red flag. I mean, I can't even describe the size of this red flag. If that is happening to you, please, please run away. Leave. That is not from God. Do you hear or feel us versus them ideology? Is there secretiveness? Is there this sense that other people wouldn't understand? Like we're the chosen ones. We really have the truth. We get it all. Other people who are pushing back and saying we're wrong, they just don't understand. Is there that us versus them mentality, which is once again, cutting down questions and pushback. This is dangerous, you guys. And finally, can you find the same words and phrases that you are being taught in a different translation of the Bible? If you go to a different translation, say to the NIV, the ESV, the New King James, just something else that's been around for a while. I personally love the Net Bible. It's newer, but I love it. Are the words and phrases that you're reading, are they in these other Bible translations and are they clear? Is it very clear or has somebody been twisting things in a way that makes it seem clear, but it's not? Guys, this is so important because without finding the real Jesus, without finding truth, without a relationship with the real God, we are lost and we are confused and we are lied to and we are going to be shipwrecked in our faith. This is where spiritual abuse, religious trauma comes in. This is where people never want anything to do with God again after things that have happened to them. And it's very hard to convince people that the God they experienced was not the real God. And so I realize I'm a little fierce about this, a little passionate. 
And yet coming from somebody who was lied to for over a decade and who experienced just completely false version of Christianity, of God, of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit, of grace, I am passionate about this because meeting the real Jesus is what changed everything for me. And coming face to face with the true God who is not looking for my performance, who is not looking for certain steps before he blesses me, who is not have a formula attached to him where I cannot control him, I cannot make sense of this broken world by making him do something for me. Like none of that is real. And yet he is so real and he never leaves me alone. And I always have someone to walk with and someone to help me and somebody to lead me and guide me and love me. And it is enough. Every single broken religious thing out there is human's attempts to control. We are attempting to control this broken world. We are attempting to control ourselves, to control God even, and to find a way for us to be able to make it happen on our own. And that's religion, guys. We can't do it by ourselves. We are powerless. And we have a God who loves us enough to walk with us, to become one of us, to take the punishment for sins upon himself and to provide free forgiveness, life, restoration, and grace to anybody who will trust in him. That is the beautiful truth. We don't need new truth. We don't need new revelation. We don't need hidden secrets or wisdom. We just need a relationship with Jesus Christ who begins to restore us from the inside out. I pray that you will be able to find truth. I pray that you will find truth and that you'll be able to recognize when things are off and that your own sensors will go off and you will say, ah, this just feels off. This feels wrong. I don't think this is true. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.